All right, we are here today with David Vu, and I've been waiting for a while to to get this interview with him, just because he has been a friend for a while, and we met while I was still in pharmacy school, and pretty much on the internet. So he's one of my internet friends that I haven't met in person yet, but eventually I will. Um, but it's cool how you're able to meet people in healthcare and build relationships and do that with nothing but LinkedIn and the internet. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely LinkedIn has been a game changer for me and meeting a lot of my best friends right now uh, and even my co-founders uh, for some of my uh, endeavors as well. So like the 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 opportunity is high, especially when it comes to LinkedIn and meeting new people that have very similar interests as you uh, uh, as much as possible. Yeah, I think it's cool, like, obviously, even more so with everybody being more comfortable with online means and everything. And I know, so I haven't even been on Clubhouse yet. I don't know if you have. But that is that is like a huge community that you're able to build just because it's more conversational and everything than anything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And kind of to build on top of that, cause just because uh, a lot of my colleagues utilize Clubhouse, I jump on it as well. But it's yeah. extremely good to hear other people's per perspective, especially outside of pharmacy. And mm. I always take a like, you know, take a little bit out of different disciplines, their idea ideology and try to bring it back towards myself, but also, you know, within pharmacy as well, uh, just for that cross disciplinary collaboration. Um, it, it's, it's helpful uh, and also expanding, helping expand the network as much as possible and develop a common ground between people that have ideas that really, you know, spark your joy and yeah. it's easy just to connect with them. It's just like, hey, I'm all, I was on that clubhouse talking about product management or talking about med tech startups, really love what your thoughts were and just hoped to connect. So it's so easy to make a connection on clubhouse and through LinkedIn in combination with each other. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the thing that makes so I haven't been on Clubhouse just because I don't have an iPhone because I'm an Android guy. But the thing that I've found just from interacting with like friend groups that know each other for, with Clubhouse, like you're able to have like a lot more real of a relationship because it's more like talking to somebody that you play video games with on like Discord or something where it's, it's more of like, it's less of it being a setup thing that, you have a time and place to talk about something and it's more of like you can hop in and start the conversation and end the conversation with ever and keep it more casual so i'm excited to get on that platform just for that reason because yeah, it feels exactly. more like those internet friends <laughs> cool yeah so let's talk a little bit about your background with data analytics because i know like you have a pretty unique background to be married with pharmacy and I think that's one of the first reasons why I was interested in interacting with you and meeting you in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. I always <laughs> like to meet someone that has a little bit of different spice uh, yeah. as much as possible. Uh, while pharmacy is interesting, what people do with pharmacy and going on different career paths is much, much more interesting to me. So uh, I see a lot of uh, people that have been pharmacists that enter into software development, stuff like that. But yeah. uh, to answer your question before, uh, so I, so a little bit about myself. So my name is David Vu. Uh, I graduated from VCU uh, School of Pharmacy in 2018. Uh, when I graduated, I moved on and became a data analyst for a company called Kitcheck, which is a health technology company that focuses on medication intelligence solutions. 
And so I started off as a data analyst, uh, moved on and then became uh, a quality assurance engineer. Uh, so knew the data really well within my applications, then move on to be QA engineer, where it's focused on testing and making sure that our application is functional, as well as you know trying to uh, trying to break it as much as possible. So it's essentially impenetrable. Yeah. Um, and then more recently, I moved on and became an associate product manager for our uh, drug diversion uh, application software system. Um, so a little bit of many transitions throughout my company, uh, different teams. When I first started uh, at KidCheck, I was the uh, second pharmacist that joined, uh, but the first pharmacist on our engineering team. So it, it's, it was very different uh, from what I was exposed to throughout pharmacy school. Yeah. Uh, it's very fast paced, uh, as you anyone could tell. Um, but it's, it's, enjoy, it's very joyful to be able to solve problems for my fellow colleagues and my fellow, my fellow pharmacists as much as possible through technology. Yeah. And when you were, when you were going through pharmacy school, did you kind of have that in your mind that you wanted to do something non-traditional and do something with data and analytics? Or when you graduated pharmacy, were you just presented with an opportunity and then kind of took advantage of it? Yeah. So that's a really great question. You know, I never imagined myself to be a data analyst I didn't, mm -hmm. and didn't even hear about the term <laughs> until mm -hmm. like after I graduated. Um, so initially my focus was around pharmacy informatics mm -hmm. um, and going to pharmacy school. And let's take a, we could take a step, uh, one step back. You know, yeah. when I applied to pharmacy school, I was working at a retail pharmacy and going through all the motions while it was very, you know, impactful that I was able to help patients as much as possible. Um, I really felt the need to be able to make a large impact towards a lot of people and also right. noticing a lot of inefficiencies throughout my retail pharmacy. You know, I always think about, you know, what could be faster, what could be more improved upon, yeah. like you play video games and yeah. your, your thought is like, if some if your video games are lagging, you're just, it just bothers you so much. Right, this right. thing applies like when I was working at a retail pharmacy, I was just like, well, can we improve this workflow? Can we make it faster by, it just saves us a couple minutes uh, or, yeah. And some other pieces are like the technological infrastructure. If this could be changed, then you know we don't have to. We could skip uh, steps two, three, and four, and just right. go straight to five if we have this small technical change. Yeah. Uh, so that's always what's been, uh, running through my, my uh, thought process is just like what could be faster, more efficient, but at the same time keep the level of quality and care that we have throughout our healthcare system. And so a lot of that that's was uh, a lot of on my mind when I was thinking about pharmacy, when I was applying, and then I noticed about pharmacy informatics. Um, and pharmacy informatics was a career that would be able to, you know, fill that need. Uh, so combining uh, healthcare and technology together. And so that was the 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 nugget that I kept at the beginning of the of my pharmacy school career. And I just kept on running with it as much as possible. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I was adamant in terms of seeking as much different opportunities as much as possible, just to make sure that, you know, I want to be exposed to it while I can and realize like, hey, that maybe that's not for me, or maybe that yeah. is for me. And like, as I was going through my informatics journey, I was exposed to things like molecular modeling for industry, mm. for instance. Very interesting, but at the same time, I realized uh, that's probably not for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, 
you know, I think it's a Gary V model of just like try everything as much as possible. Then you realize like <laughs> you don't imagine yourself being there, and at least you're striking yeah. it out like very early on. Right. Um, and so when throughout my pharmacy school career, it was just a strong natural affinity for technology as much as possible, and I wanted to be exposed to different opportunities. And so and one opportunity was uh, moving to a different city to be a clinical informatics intern for a hospital. So I could teach physicians in terms of how to electronically prescribe. That's, that was a very interesting opportunity. Probably won't ever have that again, <laughs> um, just because they were like in a weird, they were, they were in a transition state. Yeah. So, but yeah, just things like that really sparked my interest, especially the level of impact that I'll be able to make. Say for instance, that is same, same example where I was teaching physicians on how to electronically prescribe. You know, imagine how many times they're gonna prescribe from then on forward, right? For, for yeah. the rest of their career and like how many patients they're going to interact with. So really the actions that I do would just be able to have a ripple effect downstream. And that was the main point of everything I tried to do is how do I make a bigger impact while it might not be that one-on-one -on -one patient interaction at least I could work upstream, but you know my spread is going to be uh, a lot larger. I guess like a like Batman in a way, in terms of like <laughs> the level of impact that you have. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that was the idea throughout pharmacy school. Try out as much different opportunities as much as possible, and just follow the road as I get there. Um, so other opportunities I had were uh, starting my own startup um, in pharmacy school, uh, working with the FDA on some some larger uh, technological projects, working in hospitals with their EPIC systems and building with their systems. Uh, so trying to touch, there's so many uh, pockets of technology throughout the healthcare system um, that people are, really don't know about. Uh, and so it's always good to explore as much as possible as kind of my TLDR. Uh, but then to answer your question, you know, when I was a when I graduated pharmacy school, I was looking for jobs. Uh, one of the uh, positions that stood out was KitCheck, and KitCheck was was something that I helped implement when I was in pharmacy uh, when I was a P three in pharmacy school. Uh, got used to the technology, was able to train technicians on how to utilize the technology, and so when I was, and it, I didn't really think about it when I was helping implement. It was just like. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, it was like, oh, this technology was very interesting, and it really saved a lot of time uh, yeah. out of people's day, where you are not ver you don't uh, you're you're not manually verifying every single drug that's within a medication tray, for instance, um, and just trying to save as much time as possible. And so it really aligned a lot in terms of my mission of just like improving efficiency as much as possible saving time, uh, but also, you know, being accurate and having the highest level of quality at the same time. So that was a, there was a company that I really felt strongly with in terms of the mission itself. And I didn't really feel strongly um, for other companies um, that way, where it's just like, well, there's a hospital that has, does X, Y, and Z. It seems like yeah. all hospitals does X, Y, and Z. Uh, and so it was really hard to differentiate. But when I was looking at KitCheck, that was, in my mind, looking at a company, I knew what it was about. 
and I knew what mission it was when I interacted with that technology. And so I saw that role uh, as a data analyst appear and then noticed like, hey, I actually meet a lot of these boxes, uh, yeah. working with data, um, having that healthcare background and being very analytical and realized like all these roles that I had before really, you know, molded me for that position. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really interesting. And I never even thought about that. And so I got that position as a data analyst Then I meet, moved on to become a quality assurance engineer. And a lot of it is very similar to being a pharmacist, actually, where mm -hmm. you're checking for problems within people's um, features within their source code or you know how the application works and how you would anticipate a user like a pharmacist to utilize the application and just doing a lot of pre predictive um uh, uh, uh predictive analysis uh, i would yeah. say and so it's very similar to being a pharmacist where you are very you know you're you're pinpointing problems within prescriptions, you're pinpointing problems in terms of medication regimen as much as possible, then what do you do about it? You go, you know, talk to the physician, you go talk to the nurse. In my case, it would be, you know, talking to the developer or talking to our product team about, you know, this acts really funky within our application. This seems a little odd. Or like, I, I know that this would be a bad user experience if we let this bug go out into a production or something like that. And so yeah. very similar mindsets uh, in that role. And you never think about it until you're actually in that role of the similarities that could possibly exist. So, uh, so again, exposed to another role that I just never thought existed, um, but that I could fit in. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, with uh, an associate product manager role, um, working with customers to uh, help solve their problems uh, through uh, the products that we build and being able to be an advocate for uh, our customers and what, what, what were their pain points and what we could do to solve it. So I think that's, that was a main point going to us, uh, a role in technology as a vendor is, you know, you have the power and the tools to be able to solve something. Yeah. And a lot with healthcare, it's just like, some things like going back to the retail pharmacy example it's very hard to change and make changes especially right. with large corporations and um, so that's kind of you know you would you mentioned like hey this is just bad workflow or this is bad technology but it's oftentimes hard to change in uh, in a healthcare space because mm -hmm. there might be too much red tape there's just a large corporation and so there's a lot of you know, barriers and limitations in in that sort of field. And so in terms of being a vendor, it is you have the tools and power to be able to create something that's meaningful to solve people's problems. And and that was probably why I, you know, continue on this route as much as possible. Yeah. And I think the other unique thing is that when you're trying to solve the problems, the people you're solving those problems for want to have them solved. Whereas it's not always the case when you're working with patients. Patients don't always want whatever the problem is to do the work to solve it. So when you're working yeah. with with data and analytics and software and systems, you're able to make changes a lot quicker just because there's less of the human component of getting buy-in. But there's still that exists obviously mm -hmm. on the customer customer side of things and getting buy-in there. So that's interesting. 
Yeah, no, I, I haven't thought about that, but yeah, good, good reflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go back to you as a student, because I think you said a lot of interesting things there and you're a naturally curious person, I think. So the opportunities that you had to open yourself up to things that were kind of, you know, non-traditional outside of the normal spectrum, mm -hmm. what do you think was the biggest reason you were able to do that outside of being curious? Was it just raising your hand at opportunities or were you like, mm -hmm. really, did you do a lot of like outreach on your own to try to take advantage of opportunities and play the student card? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much as the student card. Um, maybe that did come into factor. I just didn't think about it, I guess, retrospectively. But yeah, it was a lot. I know in my time there, it was all those opportunities weren't readily accessible. Like in pharmacy school, it wasn't like, here's this thing. It, yeah. You guys should go do this. Um, so to your point, it's just following the breadcrumbs as much as possible, where you know, I, I would talk to one of my uh, pharmacy school classmates when I was a P1, he mentioned that, hey, there's this uh, molecular modeling class because his mentor was um, teaching it. And so I was like, oh, that's very interesting. You know, this is, and it was slightly outside of the school of pharmacy. It was the, um, it was a different department, but kind of following breadcrumbs. But, oh, that sounds really interesting. I might be interested in doing something like that and getting hands-on experience. So I'll just yeah. follow that breadcrumb. Um, and or meeting other colleagues and classmates that are a little bit ahead of me of just saying, hey, I'm interested in pharmacy informatics. Um, it's, it seems like there's not much opportunity at my school. What do you recommend? And so yeah. they would tell me, hey, talk to this uh, person at the health system. Uh, they would probably be the best person to talk to. So I would talk to the DOP uh, there and he would reach out and connect me with one of the informaticists who, uh, you know, I've been working with for the past few years and still still know him to this day. Um, and so just following breadcrumbs of like utilizing the network to be able to uh, be aware of different opportunities, yeah. uh, even if those opportunities didn't readily exist, right? Uh, and just kind of rolling with the punches that way. And so that was the immediate and i didn't really think about that where it i in a way innately i was just i was saying like hey i want to try to find as much opportunity as much as possible uh let me just go on a job board website and search yeah. clinical informatics pharmacy informatics like those are the thought processes that i had um so not only networking just talking to people and just following those breadcrumbs but being very proactive of just like hey i'm a p one in a uh, P2. I have only a couple summers left. I want to have the experience as much as possible. And so let me search for jobs that are, you know, are, you know, summer opportunities that I could try to find. And yeah. even if I have to move to different, you know, cities, uh, I'm willing to do that in order to set myself up uh, later, in, later in my career in terms of like when I graduate, I want to be at a, you know, position where I could feel like you know, I have all these unique experiences that I could talk about and really say, like, I've done X, Y, and Z. I made this outcome. I was able to solve this problem and really, you know, be at a uh, level where I feel confident in my ability to find a, find a role outside of pharmacy school. Um, so that was kind of 
a multi-tiered approach was curiosity, proactiveness uh, as much as possible, and then also just thinking ahead in terms of where my future was in terms of my career. Yeah, and I think that's powerful too, like being able to create opportunities for yourself, or at least, like you said, follow the breadcrumbs to getting yourself to where that opportunity is. And I know you're a preceptor now, is that correct? Yeah, I'm a preceptor now. (laughs) Yeah, and I know like we were chatting a little bit right before this, but it's cool hearing you talk about it from the preceptor standpoint now and just how you're able to be in the ecosystem of what like traditional pharmacy curriculum is and you have your rotations and everything, but then being trying being able to expose people to more non-traditional things and non-traditional ways of thinking, even if it's just to, you know, hear an idea in class and then go down that rabbit hole to see if it's interesting enough to you to want to look into it more or not. What do you think are, and I guess what like advice would you have for pharmacy students that are in a role where they want to look at all of their opportunities and they might be early on in their pharmacy curriculum. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people like that to kind of find their niche? Yeah. And I, that's, that's a really good question. And one of the things, and I, I didn't take full advantage of, and I wish I did. And, but it, it was good where the, where I utilized LinkedIn, tried to find mentors uh, Mm -hmm. as well. So more than one mentor is always, you know, ideal because they can have different experiences. Uh, they would have different advice throughout your careers. And just reaching out to pharmacists that, if you're in pharmacy school, of course, of just like, you know, these are people in, that are a few steps ahead of me. And mm-hmm. so what I did on LinkedIn was search, like, I didn't necessarily want to do residency. Uh, and so what did I do? I searched for pharmacists in informatics positions that didn't do a residency that um, got jobs uh, very recently, uh, like 2016, uh, around that area. And Chris, are you still with me? Can you hear me, David? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. My internet likes to go right. out at bad times. <laughs> oh man, uh, at least it was me. I'm like you. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
going back to your question about, you know, what advice do I have for pharmacy students, uh, their time right now is yeah. um, trying to find mentors as much as possible, but don't really limit yourself to just what's in the immediate, what's physically in front of you, whether it it's, it is a little bit easier just because you're, you're in that bubble, but don't be stuck in that bubble, right? Because there's going to be so many other pharmacists that are going to have so many unique experiences that you never even realize. There's like pharmacists that work in Google, for instance. There's pharmacists that work in, you know, software development as a data scientist, like all of these different people that you don't really, you aren't exposed to because uh, you, in pharmacy school, you're just thinking retail pharmacist, clinical pharmacist, just because that's immediately exposed to you. And so I would just recommend going on LinkedIn as much as possible, finding people that have interesting roles that you want to be in because they are several steps ahead of you and then reverse engineer what they did. Like what jobs did they do? What certifications did they do? Like what were the experiences that really allowed them to be able to make themselves, um, you know, a viable candidate for that job, yeah. whatever it is. And so that's, uh, that's uh, really uh, the best advice that I could give. And one example is, you know, I found a mentor um, or a colleague uh, that I kept in touch with because I, as a student, I was very interested in his career where he was a ph pharmacy informaticist. He didn't do a residency. He had all these certifications. And so, you know, the first thing I did was, you know, looked at his LinkedIn. What did he do exactly? And then the second step is reaching out, uh, reaching out to say, hey, my name's David. I'm very interested in this field. I'd love to hear about your experiences or if you have any advice, uh, you know, as a fourth year pharmacy student that's looking to graduate pretty soon. Uh, what were some things that kind of made you stand out? And one of his big takeaways was, you know, he worked with big data um, and he that was his like shining um characteristic and so yeah. what do you think was my shining characteristic it's working with big data and i didn't really think about it or know about it or know how to sell that uh when i was you know looking for jobs until i talked to him so finding yeah. those people that would be able to uh get you uh allow you to have a better trick uh more streamlined trajectory in terms of what you want and also going back to what i was talking about very in the uh very early part of this interview was yeah. you know talking to folks, realizing, you know, maybe this isn't for me, like, maybe I don't ever care about becoming a, you know, a transplant pharmacist, a shout right. out to all the transplant pharmacists. But at the same time, it's just like, well, just an example, uh, but like, maybe that isn't for me. Maybe that route isn't for me. I don't imagine myself doing that. So knowing early on that you could strike through that list, and then you just move on to the next one. And I think a lot of times when people go to pharmacy school, there, there's a lot of careers that kind of point out for people. And sometimes you are in analysis paralysis of just like, oh, there's the managed care, there's industry, there's clinical pharmacy, there's stuff like that. Um, and then to set yourself up for success really early on, it's just realize like, what do you imagine yourself really doing? What do you, what would you love doing 80% of the time? Um, and talking to those people and showing the day in the life of what was good about it, but also like, what didn't you, what don't you like about your job? Right. To be quite frank, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you'd want to know that up front. And so you'd realize like, hey, maybe I don't like to stand behind a computer all, or 
all the time and I want to have more patient interaction or stuff like that. So yeah. um, processing as much uh, of those things as much as possible. So then you could settle on or just like, hey, okay, I am really interested in this route as a P1 and as a P2, then I have more time and more trajectory, a, a, a uh, airway to build up the experiences to do those res to do the rotations that would be necessary for those careers, uh, and so you could be a stronger and viable candidate, whether it's a residency fellowship or just seeking a job, right? Uh, and so, I guess like TLDR, you don't want to get to a path where as a P4 you realize that oh this thing exists, <laughs> I don't have time to like focus my attention, focus my experiences uh, to be able to get those roles. So. Uh, as much preactive planning as much as possible. And I know a lot of students really get stuck in terms of like, you know, I need to get an A on cardiology or something like that. And just yeah. really stuck in that mindset. Um, and so it's, it, it is tough to be able to balance like the uh, rigor of school, the working jobs more than likely, and then trying to find new opportunities or network with the right folks, but at the same time, networking and knowing what's out there. So you yourself are aware of these positions would be better off in terms of, you know, if you're able to get those positions later on, right? Right, yeah. yeah. The thing that yeah. I really liked that you said was not, like you took it a step further of not just looking for people that are in roles that you would wanna be in, but also took a path that you would wanna take. So your example of, you know, not thinking you really wanted to do a residency. So looking for informaticists that were pharmacists that didn't do a residency and looking at like their path to getting there. I think that mm -hmm. is a real golden nugget in being able to find people that look like what you want to look like and getting it to that like granular level of even like the path to get in there. Right. Yeah. It is though. It is ironic that I've talked about like reverse engineering that path but then I took a path that's like entirely didn't exist. Like <laughs> anyone in, I guess, like my trajectory, at least from uh, as a pharmacist. So paving the own path and really riding the roller coaster as much as possible and really taking on as much opportunities um, and just being exposed that way. And there's just this whole other world outside of pharmacy that people should be exposed of and think about. And, because when we when I talk about startups or the vendor space, there's so many pockets of industry, such as customer success, such as products, such as engineering, such as support teams, such as sales, such as marketing, such as X, Y, and Z, in all these different roles that existed. But if I knew about it earlier on, then I could plan for it and build the experiences for it. So that's why maybe Clubhouse is a good thing for people <laughs> to jump on and realize like hey let me jump on this product manager uh clubhouse just to hear yeah. what it's about or something like that and maybe that something in that conversation struck a chord with you um so but yeah that's a, a long-winded answer to your question about uh you know what advice do i have for students um, no i love it i think that was really helpful sure. what is so it seems like you were more in the thick of data and I'm sure you still are, but it seems like you're moving more towards like customer facing roles and things that have more human interaction. So is that kind of where you think you're headed over the next, you know, 10 years of your career is going more customer 
facing and forward facing? Yeah, I just want to be able to solve as much problems for oh, other yeah. folks, especially in my profession, as much as possible. And that requires having um, that face-to-face -face interaction, well, Zoom-to-Zoom <laughs> -zoom interaction, <laughs> I guess, uh, of just understanding what people's pain points are and seeing if we are able to solve them. And also thinking strategically as well, of just like, uh, I could solve it this way, or maybe I could solve it another way, um, based on I'm hearing all this customer saying this, I hear another customer saying this, I hear another customer saying this, yeah. everyone having their own perception of the problem and maybe, you know, taking a step back and aggregating that information all together and realize, hey, I could solve this this one problem that would be able to impact everyone and yeah. it solves it correctly instead of maybe, you know, if I only had this one conversation with one customer and I, yeah, if we built this product to serve their needs, but didn't meet anyone else's, then, you know, that's, there could be time that's, you know, be allocated more efficiently. Yeah. Uh, and so really hearing what the market is, hearing what customers are saying and aggregating that information all together to make a more, um, in a way, data-driven uh, decision that is, uh, that would be able to um, help our customers, but also, uh, work with our product and uh, really elevate it as well. Yeah, I like the way you relate data to like impact. And it reminds us of David Meltzer is an entrepreneur that talks about like his his life mission is to impact the lives of a billion people. And you know, it talks about, you know, you can go one by one until you reach a billion or the, the thing that he preaches and his goal of achieving that is to impact a thousand people that then have a ripple effect to a thousand more people. And then you've impacted a billion people at that point by doing it through a thousand. Yeah, exactly. So I Hopefully like I, I impacted at least a million by now. No, yeah. thought about it. Uh, uh, but I guess we could just draw a graph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. What do you want to leave people with yeah, before I let uh, you go? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I love to leave people with is, so I had... And we, we touched, you touched on it a little bit before as a, as, as a preceptor. So I'm a preceptor yeah. right now for uh, my company. And so I've taken pharmacy students from VCU. And one of the things that I think about, I, I guess it always thinks about like, well, what could be better? What could be improved? And when I think about my, you know, pharmacy school career and doing rotations, I realized that, you know, I could have been set up a little bit better for success if I did X, Y, and Z or if maybe these rotations focused on career development, focused on interviewing, focused on like how to write a good resume or how to make a stronger impact. Because when I graduated pharmacy school, even though I had all these different wild experiences, um, it was difficult to get a position. Um, and especially um, because I really didn't know how to apply for positions very yeah. well. Like, you just submit an application and you just think that People are just going through this hook, line, and sinker, and that, and you're going to start a job next month. Um, but you realize very quickly that a lot of these uh, applying for positions nowadays is difficult if you just uh, send an application, uh, mm -hmm. and that's it. Just because there's a lot of factors such as uh, search engine optimization, such as ATS systems, and your your resume really never being seen by human eyes. Yeah. And you don't even realize that when you're in pharmacy school, just like 
well, you need to know how to apply for jobs and need to have, you know, be able to like be, you know, a viable candidate. And how do I be a viable candidate if I'm just right. thinking of just like sending my resume that way? And so yeah. I remember, and so it was a shot to my ego, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, I've sent hundreds of resumes. I got only a couple of interviews. Like I thought I was a catch. Yeah. Uh, and you, I quickly, quickly realized a lot of people have the same similar experience of, you know, I'm not, I wasn't applying for jobs correctly. I wasn't developing those connections. I wasn't doing all this that would be able to elevate my chances. And so retrospectively looking at my rotations, I think to myself of, you know, we didn't really talk about like career development. We didn't talk about how to interview. We didn't talk about how to make an impact for a company and stuff like that. And so it's, I guess like deep seed, it's always like, oh, man, I wish something could be better. And so when I have these rotations with my students, I focus I focus very specifically on what are the outcomes that we're able to achieve? What could we put on your resume that could yeah. say that you save, uh, you save this amount of money or you improve some level of efficiency, you made this business impact very quantitatively and really impact-based because recruiters, hiring managers, they want to see that stuff, right? Like ultimately it, they, they are a business and you want to say if they are going to, you know, allocate someone for this role, they want to make sure that, you know, they are able to, um, you know, lead towards that business, right? Uh, and so a lot of my rotations dealt with how could I make your resume be very impactful uh, and you having a strong chance when you get out of pharmacy school to be able to get those positions that you want. Um, whether it's being a data analyst, whether it's being a pharmacist and stuff like that. And so we focus a lot on career development. And so my big takeaway is just, you don't really want to uh, skirt away uh, this notion of, you know, eventually you have to find a job, right? And you want to be in the best position as much as possible and especially the competitive pharmacy market, uh, you want to be able to be in a, a better position uh, as much as possible. So thinking about those things, because it's going to set you up a little bit better of success in the future, exactly. even even if you do a residency, you eventually have to find a career you know, after that, right, uh, as much as possible. And so that's what I focus a lot with my students. And I just want to have a takeaway for folks as well. It's just like, don't sleep on the career development and the job application process because, uh, like I said before, we get really narrowed, uh, focused on you know completing residency, uh, completing rotations, doing all the clinical work, but ultimately you want to be able to set yourself up for success and find those careers that you're looking for and wanting to pursue and being in a job that you'll be satisfied with as well. So. Yeah, and I think it's hard sometimes for like the type A personality and the pharmacist personality to really give themselves full credit for everything they do and, you know, be able to like sell yourself. I think we're very like credential focused and it's like, this is how I'm going to prove to everybody that I can do this thing by having this credential. But I think that that second tier of being able to, you know, take the tangible things and say, this is the thing that I'm really good at. Like you said before, the mentor and friend now that you have talking about the golden nugget being like experience with big data. 
and that really being like your kind of ticket in that experience you're able to talk about and that passion you're able to have. Yeah. And one other takeaway, uh, as we're talking about, you know, LinkedIn is just don't sleep on LinkedIn or don't <laughs> sleep on networking because you never know what could happen. Uh, I, I, I see success stories all the time of just like curating relationships over the past years. And then, okay, now I have a Facebook offer uh, because yeah, yeah. they know me, they've known me and they, um, you know, could vouch for me and stuff like that. And so definitely never, if you're a pharmacy student or any student, it, it is uh, ideal to be able to start networking, to one, be exposed to new opportunities, be exposed to careers that you've never heard about and you follow those breadcrumbs. And then third is just develop those connections because you never know where they might land. And also you're exposed to different ideas and uh, disciplines that you never even thought about that you could take away and you know bring back to your own profession. Yeah, exactly. And there's all these like little pockets of like social groups, whether it's like a discord that a bunch of pharmacists are in or just a group in general. And I think, I mean, those types of groups always want to have pharmacy students and new people that want to interact with them, you know? Right. Yeah. I cool. like it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, David. I think this was really, really, really valuable. Yeah. And you are a passionate individual and that's why I always like talking to you. Like you care about the stuff that you're saying and it's fun to talk to people that genuinely care and want to share stuff with people. Yeah. Yeah. It was great talking to you. And like you were mentioning earlier, maybe one day we'll actually meet face to face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll wait for cool. that. Yeah. Talk awesome. Thanks, Bye.